The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B. Did Jesus not do that? Lazarus, he's, your, your friend, he's, he's dying. He's... And Jesus responded with, Oh my, okay, let's go. Was that his response? It's what the millennial Jesus does. He said, excuse me here. I'm about my father's business. So he comes again, doesn't he? And basically says he's dead or he's about to die. And Jesus is, looks at his watch and goes, Oh man, I'm really pushing the edge here. No, the servant gets rebuked. And he dies. Jesus shows up, of course, and totally in line with the Father. And what happens out of that? He looks at the human needs, the crying mother and sister, and, you know, going to bring comfort. He knows it's a part of his job. But you see, the laser is, next in line is, Lazarus, come forth! You see, That power that came out of Jesus Christ was perfectly in line with that moment. And if he would have put a delay in there, it would never have happened. And anyone standing around going, wow, you know, Jesus, you missed this one. I think you had a little delayed obedience going on. You got to know that you know what he knows is being revealed in your knowing. My human mind. You have to know. Or no miracle. Miracles cannot be stirred up. They can't be called forward. They can't be a lot of these things these charismatics are using because that's not how God works. He aligns everything so that from the human mind all the way to the God of the universe, everything's lined up and there's nothing less that's going to happen than a miracle. Why don't you see miracles in your life? Think about it. This is not something that takes a theological degree to figure out. It's probably because you're too educated to let it happen. 
Next one I found was the needs and desires of humans is more important than the desires of God. I got sick reading that. But it's part of this movement. It's basically saying, my thoughts can figure you out, God, and you're failing. It's of all the famine, hardship, the abuse in the world. That is them trying to think through how God functions. There's famine in the world and abuse in the world because of you. Not aligning with the living God and allowing him to have his way and his will be manifested in all humanity. That's why we have famine. That's why we have all the things that this generation tends to judge God by. Humans create their own beliefs that create their own set of ethics or standards. Some have low ones, some have high ones. It's also forming their own system of thought or action based on the nature, interests, and ideals of humanity. It is also individual rationalism. I cannot even explain to you how tired that I get of human rational thought. From some of you all the way to people wherever. I don't know if people aren't listening, but I usually ask questions I already have answers to. And here's, here's the reason why I do that is because I want to throw out an obvious one. And I throw that out there to see if there's going to be this human rationalism. Well, it's because I blah, 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 blah. And they really do expect God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and me as a discipler to get in line and follow that garbage. That is beyond crazy. It's demonic. You see, human rationale is our danger zone. If you're corrected in something, just say, yes, sir. What do we do about this now? That's what it is. Instead of, oh, I got corrected. And then get the space going again. The space is what the enemy needs to develop further thoughts of humanism in your Christianity. Then it's to focus on individual intellectualism for securing self-identity and self-reasoning. The most boring people to talk to in the world are intellectuals. They're just boring. There's no life in it. And I'm not insulting my new friend in New York City. I know you're listening. And I know by the standards of humanity, you are a very, very bright man. 
But you are so bright, it's making you stupid. When it comes to simple truths that will set you free. So when it becomes identity, we have a serious problem with that person. And then placing deeper emphasis on the humanities, which is what we call the liberal arts. Next one is logic. Logic is simply this. It's a science that studies correct reasoning. The statements I found, the first one is deducing that two truths imply a third truth. Boy, did I love that one. First truth being the truth of God. The second truth being truth of Satan. And the third truth that they are implying is self as God. So we have God claiming to be God. We have Satan claiming to be God. And now the assumed illogical conclusion is is that self is God. There's a third force. Second one, they say a branch of philosophy dealing with correct reasoning through self-analysis. Describing the ability to deduce others according to their contradictions and illogical conclusions. Well, who determines if it's illogical? The intellectual, of course. And what tree are you sitting under? One's ability to focus on documented and sight-driven evidence. What I see is what I believe. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. That is the stronghold that blocks miracles. And then it is a system of principles underlying any provable art or science. It's a system of thought that is based in cause and effect. Now there's actually a great deal of revelation in cause and effect in the spirit world. Anything God's doing, Satan has a reaction. Anything God's doing in your life, there's going to be a demonic reactive force trying to get you to repel against God. And it works quite effectively, in fact. And people who are simply not aware of how this whole system of God works get themselves trapped into sight and cause. So cause and effect can become very addicting. But there is a great deal of function with God and his interaction with Satan because what God causes for the good, Satan has a reaction, an effect. So it's got a twist to it. The formal educational principles of a discipline, school, or science based on the humanities or liberal arts. And then finally, the process of an individual sustaining their beliefs through human reasoning and proof. Of course, the conclusion of all of that is the human mind holds the answer to all of life. 
Then when we look at the real popular one amongst the non-intellectuals, because those of us who can't really keep up with the intellectuals, we start diving into the bucket of self-actualization, which means fully developing yourself and skills. The points of interest we found was discovering individual strengths by bypassing individual weaknesses. Did you get that? Not only is this whole movement born out of the positive self-movement that happened in the 60s and 70s, which our generation was responsible for, what we have being presented to us here is ignore the weaknesses or they don't even exist, just deny them and focus on what really is true about you. It is the number one twisted thing in the exchange life. It's called gracilistic movement. Now that I get a lot of feedback on, on certain friends of the ministry. They think I'm too harsh and have a jagged edge when it comes to dealing with grace versus the law. And I do respond to them as as effective as I possibly can. But you see, they don't realize one significant piece. If you bring up something negative or something weak, they cover it with grace. Not me. I want to draw it in closer. You see, I want to learn what Paul learned, is that is, he didn't get his prayer answered about this messenger of Satan that was buffeting him. He wanted it to leave. He didn't get his answer. What he got was this. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. That's what the gracilistics have put on their t-shirts. But that's not the whole verse. So what's the rest of the verse at 602? Power. See, in every single goal and objective of the living God is power. You have to have power to walk, power to teach, power to live, power to be an indwelt functioning believer. Without the power, it's just all airtime. So you see, it's not the grace. The grace is a piece of it. So that Paul could accept the second half. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. For my power is perfected in your weaknesses. So what's the enemy going to do here? Let's try to form some type of group in the world of thought to reject the weaknesses and negative things in our lives and focus on our strengths. I can tell you where you're going to end up with that one. There's a lot of strong people going to hell. 
The next one is psychological development that can be achieved when all basic and mental needs are fulfilled by individualism. Another one is one who has achieved maximum potential by tapping into the core of self. Kind of thinking that your answers are inside. And if you put your foot on your knee and you point toward the sky and get that energy to move from your core up into your mind as you're meditating you could be self-actualized. Yoga was the rename for what? Maharishi. The god of transcendental meditation, whom I followed for quite a while. I know this movement. It's been refaced, and it's been refaced with some more intellectual ideas. Now people do yoga like it's some kind of church program. It's demonic, it's evil, and it's promoting this core God that is inside you to get it to manifest. It's called a demon. Also, it's a system or process of discovering the secret to their own purpose and humanity, not the purposes of God, but what they discover what they're supposed to be. So there's these announcements that come to daddy and mommy and, and they say, well, I really believe I'm supposed to be blah, blah, blah. There's no counsel. There's no direction. There's no checking it out with you. It was an announcement. Well, anytime there's just an announcement, then it goes to my back pocket. It's not absolute, it's relative. And there are so many families that have been fragmented because of that relativity. There's so many Christ followers that are individualized all the way through the church all over the world. Penetrating an individualistic mind is the worst mind to penetrate because they're self-actualized. It's a person who has discovered that life is found through self-discoveries. It is one who has learned to have satisfaction in self-achievement. You know the that boys the little trophies you get in school the certificates, and they go on and on and on. These are little rewards saying, you're really being a good little selfer. Good boy. Well done. Instead of that reward being in heaven, and that the whole life process that you go through is not for the reward, it is for being a servant and a vessel for the one doing the work. And then you share in the reward of heaven. Big difference. Please, 90 percenters, think that through very carefully if you enjoy thinking. 
Think about it the next time you say to your son, Good boy, son. Think about it. You're training a dog by that verbiage. So as I get asked very frequently, well, what in the world do I say if I don't say I'm proud of you, son? What do I say, you know, if I can't say any longer, good boy? What do you say? How about what you just did, son, pleases my heart? I rejoice in your growth. Instead of good boy? There you go. Come on. Oh, not yet. No. Go. Pack. Go. Excellent. That's our little trick with Packer. He's a dog. You guys like your biscuits. Instead of there being no rewards here on earth, and we were warned that there wouldn't be, and our reward is in heaven, it's because we're partaking in a reward that was given to his son. And he's holding it as a gift for us. And then finally, an individual who has found happiness in being secure in oneself. Wonder how that's going. Then the next one is religious thought. Religious thought is pretty easy. It's self-chosen beliefs of spiritual thought. Adopting the doctrinal beliefs of a religion that supports individual ideologies. Self-comparison of multiple religious doctrines, then embracing a religion or a blending of multiple religions or religious ideas into a single self-proclaimed system of belief. Which means, if you didn't get that, you actually formed your own religion. And the second thing that it's confessing is if you have done that, it's also confessing that you are the God of that religion. You have gathered religious thought from multiple religions and you've somehow created this new kind of thinking as uh, whatever you came up with, which means you're the core, you're the God of that religion. 602-292-2982. It's also the process of respecting all beliefs while adhering to an individual or individualistic ideology. In other words, I can listen to whatever it is that you're believing and play this little passive thing and nod my head instead of telling you that you're off base, that is not the truth, that is not in the word of God, God is not going to support that. What in the world are you thinking? You see, that's the edge I hold today in ministry, is I'm not afraid to say, what are you thinking? There is nowhere in the Word of God that that is found. Well, that's my interpretation of it. Give me the verse that you're interpreting. Let's start there. And they can't do it. They make up things as they're going. That's what this is. You cannot corner a religious person. You cannot 
corner a religious person. It cannot be done. I promise you. And there's a lot of religious people in the church. You can't confront them out of sin if you begged them. Religious people cannot be guided. Don't use that term. It is not biblical. Even if your translation uses it. God is not a religion. He's not of a region. God is the God of the universe. And his thoughts are the only ones that matter. It is a person who views the world through a set of religious doctrines, whatever they may be. It's one who finds life and fulfillment in the religious beliefs of others. Those are the people that quote people. Now I get quoting, but through the years I have learned to use the quote from the person By the way, today you get sued if you don't quote the person in the date that they had intellectual rights over that statement. I have to play that game all the time, and it's wrong. If original thought comes from God and it's released through the Holy Spirit into your mind, you write a good message about it, that message should hit the world free. And God should get the credit. It's not the world we live in. We live in a world where we copyright our intellectual statements and call them quotes. I was sent to a music site to get permission to use a particular video that I'm working on. And the cost of that video was $25 every five words. And they own it. I thought the artist did. And they sent me here. So I just started, just took my comb out and I combed all the way through their website. Hundreds of thousands of dollars that they get from copyright statements. Something's sick about this, but I have to do it or I can't use it in my video. Costly to quote man. And then finally, a person who finds personal identity in the study of religious diversity. You've heard that word thrown around. Diversity. Well, he's not very diverse. No, I'm not. Nor will I ever be. And finally, independent thinking is simply self-devotion to self-thought. Duh. But their statements are a person who believes that original thought starts with humanity themselves. Personal thought. So when you look at original thought and they're into personal thought, they're thinking what I'm thinking, what I've thought through, what I've studied, what i got three or four degrees about, I'm the expert, I'm the one you need to be quoting now, this 
is my answer. I had the original thought and I copyrighted it. That's what copyright is saying. The reality is the original thought comes from God. Satan himself doesn't have an original thought. He listens very carefully to God, by the way. He listens very carefully. And then he takes God's words and twists them up and represents them, drops a few words out, maybe adding a few, and then he re-delivers it. And people are just like lapping it up like dogs. The difference is, is that what Satan got in trouble for is he took ownership of original thought. Do you understand that? That's what happened in heaven. He took ownership of God's original thought. And he was booted out because of it. So he is saying he has original thought and he's lying to you. He does not. There's only one place that thoughts are manifested and start from. And that is the living God. When he said, your thoughts are not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways, he was very, very serious. So it's also the ability to make sense of things based on self-experience and, of course, observation. It is one who is confident in their self-driven abilities. It is people who believe making mistakes, in quotes, is a natural process of self-discovery. What happened to the term sin? Mistakes. And it's in these mistakes that I made that I found myself I'm a better person now you see there's five key words in the Bible that Satan has to get rid of he has to or his plan won't work sin is one of them it's easy to come up with a word to replace sin whoops or a mistake or I didn't think that through. No, you sin. But it's gone. It's not going. It's gone. To use the term sin in common communication. That's how he does it. The process of convincing oneself that information presented is truth and or reasonable. Uh-huh. Not much logic and reason to God when he asks us to do certain things. Those who use personal observation and experience rather than going along with the beliefs of others. You say, well, what in the world would be wrong with that? It just forms more independent thinking and living. A person who finds personal identity in their ability to think for themselves. That is the number one thing that has driven people in this culture, in this generation, away from the church. Is the traditional church, the local church, is known 
Four, renewing the minds of those sitting in the pews. The scriptures even use the phrase renewing the mind. It's called brainwashing. And people are not content with that anymore in the church. I don't want my pastor messing with my mind. There have been labels put upon the church, particularly the local church, about mind control from these Christian teachers, like we're some kind of cult leaders. We've become sick. Finishing with this, the problem. All of that does really sound good to a lot of people. In fact, there may be some listeners that go, Man, I heard that guy say a lot of stuff that really wasn't that bad. In fact, I have spent well over $100,000 to gain control of myself and maturate in myself and be educated in myself so that I may answer my own questions. Fool, you don't have questions anymore. You're the one with the answers. That's the interesting thing about educated people is they don't ask questions anymore. And I know there are some humble and meek ones that do, but I'm just talking about the general population. Well, here's the problem. It says in Psalms 94, 11, the Lord knows the thoughts of man. That they are profound and utterly intelligent and beyond my scope. Of humanity. No, he says the Lord knows the thoughts of man. He knows what you're thinking before you came up with your original thought. Get that logic. He knows your thoughts before you have your original thought. And he finishes with this that they are a mere breath. Their entire life is a mere breath. And you think spending $140,000 on a degree gets you someplace with God? He's going to go to the humble and meek ones. I promise you. Secondly, Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. This is God's declaration here. In other words, whatever thought you come up with, call it original, call it replicated, call it learned, call it quoted, call it anything that you want, but know this, that whatever it is that you come up with is not in line with the living God. There's only one way to know the mind of God, and that's have the mind of Christ. There's only one way to have the mind of Christ, and that is to be indwelt by him not follow him, not say a prayer at the front of your church this Sunday. It is simply repenting before God and say, I am a sinner. I am in need of your life. I cannot live my life anymore in and of myself. I need your life. I need your indwelling I need you to send the Holy Spirit to live inside me. You don't need schooling 
to repent. But you better call sin, sin, because it's not a mistake. It's a sin. And unless you are overloaded and imploding on the reality that sin is sin, and you are a sinner, if you do not have the indwelling life, well then, you won't truly get saved. Salvation will not occur until there is an admittance that you're nothing. You're a nobody. You're starting at ground zero. Isaiah 65, 2 says, I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thoughts. This list of five demonic doctrines has been around for a very long time. It is what started the deception, and it is what will end the world, is those five that I gave you. Now all you have to do is this. Do a quick evaluation of how popular those five things are in the world today. And you'll know where we are. And you'll know the mission that we must conquer in Christ. Thank you for listening. Please join us next week as we take these five demonic doctrines and begin to massage them into using the tree of knowledge with children versus the tree of life with children. But I'm here to tell you, children cannot eat from the tree of life and be trained up in the ways of the Lord unless the parent is indwelt. Not a Christ follower. Indwelt. Or it will become a slippery slide for that child to just slowly but for surely slide over to the tree of knowledge and thinking the whole time it's Christian education. See you next week. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.